Well, confession is good for the soul. That was actually me that mentioned that to Kyle, that you've got to do the devil setting on attack. I've always loved that part. You know, I love the songs, I May Never March in the Infantry, Roll the Gospel Chariot, all those fun songs that we used to do as kids. And then for some reason, we grow up and we come into a room like this and we just stop singing them. And uh, so I love when we revitalize those songs because our kids know them, they love them, they're excited about them. And isn't it great to see young children like this with the joy of the Lord in their hearts? That is wonderful, it's contagious, and maybe it does good for all of us older people uh, to look at that. And so it's always good and brings joy to our hearts to have uh, former members come back and worship with us. Mike and Renee Cruz are with us this morning all the way from Cooper. And so let's, let's welcome Mike and Renee back to Lamar Avenue. We're glad that they're with us today. So as we begin this morning, I want to ask you a question. Are you a joy carrier or are you a killjoy? Why are we not surprised that she did that? Are you a joy carrier or are you a kill joy? In John chapter 10, verse 10, Jesus says that the thief comes to do three things. To kill, to steal, and what else? Destroy. But Jesus says, I've come that you may have life and have it to the full. That's the life that Jesus intends for his followers. So before Paul wrote to the church at Galatia about the fruit of the Spirit in chapter 5, he asked a question here in chapter 4, verse 15, that I find rather interesting. And he says this, What has happened to all of your joy? Keep that in mind. Some other scriptures about joy. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And against such things, Paul says, there is no law. And then I love in Psalm 32, I love how this psalm ends. At the beginning of it, David is owning his own sin. I mean, he's coming to terms with it. He's coming to grips with it. And he's coming to the fact that in his life, he's been separated from God because of his sin. But I love in verse 11 how it says, Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, O righteous. And, Molly, you love this, shout for joy, all you upright in heart. And then Psalm 104, verse 31, May the glory of the Lord endure forever. May the Lord rejoice in his works. Isaiah 65, beginning in verse 18. But be glad and rejoice, how long, church? Forever in that which I create. For behold, I create Jerusalem to be a joy and her people to be a gladness. I will rejoice in Jerusalem and be glad in my people. No more shall be heard in it the sound of weeping and the cry of distress. And then Isaiah chapter 66, beginning in verse 1, Shout for joy to God, all the earth. 
Sing the glory of his name. Give to him glorious praise. Say to God, how awesome are your deeds. So great is your power that your enemies come cringing to you. And all the earth worships you and sing praises to you. They sing praises to your name. Then, in James chapter 1, beginning in verse 2, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet or when you face trials of many kinds. Count it pure joy. Well, as we talk about joy today, I am thinking about a lady whom I miss a lot in this church. She sat right over here in the center. Her name was Becky Webb. I loved Becky with all my heart. She was a great example to our family. She was a great example to this church family. And she told our small group one day, she said that her goal for that new year, I don't remember what year it was, was to have the joy of the Lord in her heart. And then she said something to us that I will never forget. She said, don't ever let anybody take your joy away from you. That has stuck with me ever since she said it. Because if you think about it, the joy of the Lord is our strength. Amen? And it's here in our heart. But do you realize sometimes we allow circumstances and we allow people to rob us of the joy that we have in God and in our relationship with Him. To the point that sometimes we just allow them to just suck that joy right out of our system. But it's kind of like David. When he comes face to face with God and he, and he owns his sin and he says, God, look at me and all the transgressions and all the sins and all the things that I've gone through in my life, I realize that it has separated me from you. And so now I'm begging you, I'm crying out to you, create in me a clean heart, O oh God. And restore, bring back to me, he says, the joy of my salvation. Which tells me, and I want you to hear this this morning, if you've allowed a circumstance or if you've allowed an individual to rob you of the joy, guess what? We serve a God that says, it can be restored. We serve a God that is the rest, the, in, he's the restoration, he's the restorer, I'm going to get it out here in a minute, of all things. It's even in our vision. What does that mean? That means when people are broken by life, when people are broken by sin, we want to remind them and point them in the direction once again that God can restore them and that God can give them the hope and the love and the grace and the mercy 
that they need to sustain all of that. And so let's clarify this morning as we begin that the kind of joy we're talking about is not merely happiness. There's a big difference in being happy and having joy in our hearts. Okay? So think about it this way. Happiness is a state of mind while joy is a mindset. Big difference there. What that means is Happiness is determined and based on whatever circumstance is going on in life around me. And so if it's a good circumstance, we're going to be happy. If it's a bad circumstance, we're going to be sad. Do you realize sad, glad, anything in between, you can still have the joy of the Lord in your heart. Doesn't mean that you're just jumping you know, and shouting hallelujah about the bad thing that's taking place, but you know what? God can take something terrible and he can turn it into something beautiful. So happiness, the state of mind, joy is a mindset. Happiness comes and goes. Joy is constant. Happiness is dependent on circumstances while joy is is independent of circumstances. Happiness is conditional, while joy, just like love that we saw last week, is unconditional. So, when you read God's love story, when you read the scriptures from Genesis to Revelation, what we begin to realize is this. God's design for my life, God's design for your life, is to live a life of joy. God's design is for us to always have that joy in our heart and to not let anything separate that. Maybe that's why even as kids and even as adults, we get excited about the fact that the devil can just set on attack if he doesn't like it, right? We laugh at that and it's fun to sing, but you know what? Maybe we don't tell him that enough. Maybe we're giving Satan a foothold into our life. And church, let me tell you, if you give him a foothold, he will take over. And all of a sudden, the joy that you had will be gone. But what did Jesus say? I've come that you have life and have it more abundantly or have it to the full. And so, the God of joy wants us to possess joy. People who want to pursue joy would practice times of celebration. The Hebrew people, we're told, have more words for joy and rejoicing in their language than in any other. And so the Hebrew people, they had festivals and feasts throughout the Old Testament, and Nehemiah told his people, a people that were grieving, he comes to them in Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 10, and he says, go your way. He says, eat the fat and drink sweet wine and send portions to anyone who has nothing ready, for this day is holy to our Lord, and do not be grieved, for the joy of the Lord is our strength. Now, we'd expect a prophet to tell us 
to fast or eat wild locusts, Nehemiah says, eat the fat, which referred to the choice food and drink sweet wine and share that with others because you know what? Doing so helps us see the goodness in even some of the simplest gifts that God has given to us. And here's the bottom line. When we experience joy, we experience that the joy of the Lord is our strength. And so, if you're here this morning and you don't have that joy in your hearts, maybe you're hanging out with the wrong people. And so I would simply say, find a person or find a group of people that you know have joy in their hearts and stay close to them. So preacher, are you saying I need to choose my friends wisely? You're listening and taking notes very well. Choose your friends wisely. Because here's the bottom line. A friend is either going to build you up, and as he's, as the friend is building you up, they're building you up toward God. Or a friend could be bringing you down, which I would say is not a true friend. Choose your friends wisely. And as you do that, realize when you think about joy and you're hanging out, as we say, with people of joy, we learn to think that way and it becomes a mindset. Jesus gives us an example in the gospel and the bottom line to him is this, joy comes when we take eyes off of ourselves and serve others. Have you thought about that in your own life? You think about the opportunities and the times that you have had to serve other people. Does that not make you feel good? Does that not bring joy to your hearts knowing that you're doing something good for somebody else? And in return, what we don't realize until later is, look at what it did for us. It strengthened us, didn't it? You know why? Because we were being a little more like God. And I don't know about you, but we need a whole lot more of God in us and a whole lot less of self, don't we? And so maybe what you need to do is get around somebody that's that joy carrier, like a Becky Webb, and spread that joy to other people. We have to learn to become like children to enter God's kingdom. G.K. Chesterton explained it this way. He says, because children have abounding vitality, because they are in spirit fierce and free, therefore they want things repeated and unchanged. They always say, do it again, and then the grown-up person does it again until he's nearly dead. Now stay with me. For grown-up people are not strong enough to exult in monotony. But perhaps God is strong enough to exult in monotony. And it is possible that God says every morning, do it again to the sun. And every evening, do it again to the moon. And it may not be automatic necessity that makes all daisies alike. It may be that God makes every daisy separately, but has never got tired of making them. And he goes on to say, 
it may be that he has the eternal appetite of infancy, for we have sinned and grown old, and our father is younger than we. And so, here's what he's saying. Joy will be found in growing young again. Some of my favorite group people in this church are those 90 and above. We've got some super cool 90-year-olds, don't we? I mean, I'd put them up against anybody. And you know what I love about them? And a lot of them are here. They don't give up. They keep coming, and they keep fighting, and they keep struggling, and they keep going through life, and as they do that, they keep setting that example of what joy of the Lord looks like. If you haven't told one of our 90 and above that you love them lately, tell them right now. 90-year-olds and above, we love you, and we thank you for helping us as younger ones see joy in your life. Give them a hand for the life that they live. So if you want to regain joy, get around a joy carrier. There's plenty of others who are killjoys, and if you spend too much time around them, you're going to become deflated in your life. 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 9 we see the kingdom of god when others can only see the circumstances and peter writes to the early church experiencing persecution and he says though you've not seen him you love him and even though you do not see him now you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy for you are receiving the end result of your faith which is the salvation of of your souls and so as we leave this morning i want to give you six things not three but i want to give you six things that help us experience joy in our life number one recognize that every time you open up god's word and every time you read scripture recognize the fact that the god that we serve is what church He's joyful, and he passes that on to his children, and he wants us to possess that. Number two, rehearse God's attributes in worship. Now, I didn't say rehearse God's attributes in this room. Worship is bigger than this room. So wherever you are, it's worship live like that and as you live like it you're rehearsing god's attributes in your life and while you're rehearsing that somebody may be watching and somebody may come to you and say what is it about you that's so different rehearse that number three reaffirm your commitment to others I think in a way we've done that this morning as we're picking on our 90-year-olds, right? And holding them up in high esteem. Not that they're perfect. They're not. But they've lived a long life and they've lived a life of joy. 
Number four, reignite your passion for evangelism. Man, if you want to be a killjoy, guess what? You'll never win somebody to Jesus. But if you want to win somebody to Christ and just start a conversation with them, be a person that when they see you, they see joy not just in your hearts, but they see it in your face. Be excited. Be excited about the fact that you are living a life to the full that God has given to you. It may not be a perfect life. There's bumps and bruises along the way. But through it all, God will lead you to greener pastures. Number five, release your problems to the Lord. I love the fact that every Sunday we participate in the supper, in communion, in the Lord's Supper. Because we're reminded as we gather around the table that we can leave everything at the foot of the cross. Everything. And let God have it. Let Him deal with it. Let Him sort it out. You don't have to worry with that. And so, release your problems to the Lord. And number six, remain close to Jesus. John 15 is a perfect example of that. Where Jesus reminds us, just go be a branch. You don't have to worry about being the vine. Just be a branch. And he says, if you remain in me, and I remain in you, his joy will be complete through our life. Praise God for that. Kyle's going to come and lead us in a song. And as we stand to sing that song, I want you to think about your own walk with him this morning. And if you're not where you want to be, and if you need to come talk about that and pray about that or be baptized into Christ this morning, if there's a way that we can help you publicly, we want to do that. But I want everybody to respond in their own heart this morning that above all, you're not going to worry about circumstances. You're not going to worry about other things. You're going to remain close to Jesus and you're going to protect that joy in your heart. Let's stand as we sing this